Mark 12, 28 to 30. 34. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. And let me just um, make note of the fact that the greatest commandment appears in other places in the Gospels. But the reason I particularly enjoyed this, this one in Mark, as the Lord led it to me, because it has given me opportunity to study those four words separately. Others leave out one of the words. And I know it was probably included in the conversation, but recorded as it is in Mark, I particularly like it. Um, let's talk to Jesus about what he wants to talk to us about. Father, thank you again and again and again and again. We love you and we love telling you that we love you. We are so grateful for our salvation. And in these moments, Holy Spirit, would you guide us to get it? Whatever it is that you want, we want to hear. And Father, I pray if it would be of you that one word, one thought, one sentence, one concept would be sown in a good heart this morning. And this room is filled with good hearts. And that it would bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. You are my rock and my redeemer, and I worship you with my sisters. In Jesus' name, amen. Love the Lord your God with all your mind. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential in the life of of a missionary. The ministry of the Holy Spirit combined with the Word of God in the mind of his daughters is absolutely essential 
in the life and heart of a missionary. Early in my life on the mission field, I came to understand that the quality of my life depended in so many ways on the quality of my thinking. I, I guess I was just naive, but it was the mission field that taught me that the, the quality of my thinking and the quality of my life worked hand in hand. And so I have, I have a collection of convictions, and I just want to give them to you right now. In this way, a battle ranges for the control of our minds. A battle rages for the control of our minds. The word of God, secondly, of my convictions, the word of God is the key to victory. And thirdly, and this is a, especially where I just didn't get it, but now I do and I share with you, you and I must actively and aggressively be involved in fighting this battle. Neutral does not exist in this battle. All right? We are warrior princesses. And we take our marching orders from the king of kings and lord of lords. And we operate with a battle plan. And that battle plan that I bring to you today is the mind of God, the mind of a captive, and the mind of a conqueror. So let's talk about the mind of God. As warrior princesses, and we, as we are taking our mental marching orders from God, the word of God and the mind of God work together to take us from defeat to victory. And... When I look at the scriptures, I am amazed when scriptures on the mind are action verbs. And I'm just, every one of these verses could be a Bible study. So please know, I don't mean to move with disrespect as we march right through them. Hear me when I say the verbs of action. Prepare your minds for action. 1 Peter 1.13 Set, set your minds on things above, Colossians 3, 2. Think about such things, Philippians 4, 8 and 10. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, think. And then there is Luke 6, 46 and 48. Put my words into practice. He who comes to me, hears my words, and puts them into practice is like a man who built his house on a rock. And when, not if, when the storms came, the rains blew, the wind blew, the rains fell, and his house stood. So these are all words of action. And then we're told, be transformed. Do not, but be, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So do you see the energy, the intentionality, the action that God wants us to get about being engaged in this battle? 
But here's the thing. To me, the Alpha verse, the North Star verse, as it relates to loving God with my mind, comes from 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Okay, so what does that mean? We take it captive. Okay, we take charge of the thought. We sift the thought through the word of God. And we see it come out on the other side according to his thinking. We take charge of the thought. We sift it through the word of God. And we see it come out on the other side according to the word of God. According to his thinking. So whether it's in the middle of the night, in the middle of our daydreams, in the middle of a nightmare, in the middle of a disagreement, in the middle of a crisis, we take charge of the thought, we sift it through the word of God, and we see it come out on the other side according to his thinking. And it can be exhausting. Mental battles are exhausting. Spiritual battles combined with mental battles can be almost overwhelming. But we're going to stay in it. In difficulty, we will give thanks. In pain, we will offer praise. In suffering, we will sing. And in success, in fruitfulness, we will give him credit. I'm happy to. And any one of you stop me. This is too important that we not have the freedom. Thank you so much, Jane. Okay, in difficulty, we give him thanks. In pain, we offer praise. In suffering, we sing. In success, we give him credit. So we take every thought and make it captive to the obedience of Christ. Where we see that being his word. Making sense? Table nine, is it good? No, I'm happy to help you again. Sing, let me be singing when the evening comes. Okay. <laughs> Which one? The singing? <laughs> yes. It, what, the point being, when we encounter something, what are we going to do with it to take it captive? And when we take that, we move it through the word of God because the world's way with that thought would not go through the word of God to come out on the other side. So that's why we engage in a plan. In difficulty, we give thanks. In pain, we give praise. In suffering, we sing. We're going to join Paul and Silas. In success and fruitfulness, 
we give him praise. And here's the thing. We take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ because if we don't take the thought captive, the thought takes us captive. And we become a prisoner of war. We are of another kingdom and we must think like we live for and unto another kingdom. So to keep from becoming, or, or let's just say this, what does it look like to become a captive? So the mind of God, the mind of a captive. Here's what I come up with, and we could add to it, I'm sure, from your own experiences. What does it look like to be a captive? We become a prisoner of worry, a prisoner of fear, a prisoner of anxiety, a prisoner of bitterness, a prisoner of jealousy, a prisoner of discouragement, a prisoner of a critical spirit, a prisoner of despair, a prisoner of an addiction, a prisoner of an affair, a prisoner of obsessions. And by the grace of God, but by the grace of God, I would go anywhere to any one of those on that list. But we choose to live for a different kingdom. Would you like me to read them again, or you want me to keep going? Debbie, okay. Okay, so we were in the mind of God, taking it captive. Then we're looking at the mind of a captive. And what does that look like? Thank you for asking me that. This is all part of our battle plan, right? Warrior princesses have a battle plan. Our battle plan considers the mind of God, the mind of a captive, and the mind of a conqueror. I remember not to... Oh, want me to read the list again, you said, or no? Yeah? Okay, okay, Joe, sure. Um, we become... To become a captive, to become a prisoner of war... We become a prisoner of worry, a prisoner of fear, a prisoner of anxiety. Oh, I remember being in the, in the dentist chair, and it was too early in the morning. I had not had enough to eat. I had not had enough coffee, and what I wore didn't match with their climate, and they started turning my dental chair like this, and we, I knew we were going to be there a few hours, and the walls just started, you know, kind of moving in on me. And I thought, all right, this is not a good start. What are we going to do here? God, you have to meet me now. Do you know what the Holy Spirit did? Start with the alphabet. Walk through the alphabet with the attributes of God. It transformed everything. But I was on the verge of being a captive of worry and fear when my body needed to relax and cooperate with what he needed to do. That's what I'm talking about, about engaging in the battle. And it is not, 
as complicated as, we, as the world leads us to believe. It's complicated. It's complex. But God has given us, I believe, real and genuine tools that are practical that help us. Just a thought there of what worked for me. Okay, so a prisoner of fear, a prisoner of anxiety, a prisoner of bitterness. Remember I talked about pulling up those thistles? You dig down and you pull it up by the root. Throw it aside to die. Uh, A prisoner of jealousy, a prisoner of discouragement, a prisoner of a critical spirit. You could have grumpiness. I mean, I can take myself, you know, through all that stuff. Um, A prisoner of despair, a prisoner of addiction, a prisoner of an affair, a prisoner of obsessions. And not too long ago, in another situation, I tremored almost when the phone rang because I could tell on the the screen of the phone that the call was coming in from my doctor's office. And we were waiting on lab reports. And I thought, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, on the other end of the phone, the nurse said, Mrs. Thompson, I'm calling to give you good news. Your lab reports are negative. So the lab reports that required the retake gave the answer of negative. Well, I threw my tote over my shoulder. I grabbed my mug. I picked up the keys. And I just danced to my car. Ladies, I had not gotten to the first stop sign until another something was just right here. And the Holy Spirit stepped in and said, Debbie, there is always something to worry about. Which direction will you turn your mind? So just like I was steering the car in the direction I knew to go, I knew I stood at a moment in time when I needed to steer my mind in the direction of whatsoever is true, whatsoever is noble, and march through those words. And we don't even have to get to the end of them. You can go, whatsoever is true. Okay, then I can say, what is true? That's what I'm talking about, keeping it simple in order to not be taken a captive. I was on the verge. I was on the verge of going there. But here are three practical tools that I find helpful for a plan of escape when I sense that I'm being taken captive as a prisoner of war with my mind. Acknowledge my circumstances. I mean, let's face it, my circumstances are real. So I pause and I calculate. What are the facts here? What are the realities? Sort of like a SWOT analysis that that we do on planning strategies, you know, with our teams. Then the second thing is acknowledge my feelings. I enjoy the depth of feeling that God has given me. I mean, not everybody gets to dream in Technicolor. You know, I enjoy the emotions that go with being his child but they are not always good and healthy feelings, right? But I do take time to acknowledge them. Once I've acknowledged my circumstances and once I have acknowledged acknowledged my feelings, it's time to acknowledge God. 
And at that juncture, I realize he wants to live life with me on every level, in every relationship, according to his word. And here's the thing. Sometimes I try to work myself into all of that. And I've just finally figured out, back up and just say, God, I can't do this. Show me how you want me to think. Give me your thoughts. Sanctify my emotions. I want your mind. And here's an amazing quote from Hannah Whittall Smith. We have nothing under... I'll read once fast, okay? We have nothing under our own control but our wills. Our feelings are controlled by many other things. Our health, the weather, the influence of other personalities on us. But our will is our own. All that lies in our power is the direction of our will. So we don't have any control. But we can control uh, the direction of our thinking and thus influence our will. Is that worth repeating or want me to keep going? Repeat. Okay, okay. Okay, thanks, Belinda. Hannah Whittall Smith. You know, ancient, saint, classics. We have nothing under our own control but our wills. Our feelings are controlled by many other things. Our health, the weather, the influence of other personalities on us. Mm-hmm. But our will is our own. All that lies in our power is the direction of our will. Let's move from our battle plan, which considers the mind of God, which considers the mind of a captive, to considering the mind of a conqueror. God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but power and love and a sound mind. And he's willing to influence every one of those on our behalf in a moment's notice. And I learned and worked with my pastor on this next part of our battle plan that I want to share with you. So I give him the credit, and he said, you don't have to. But what he gave me, then God gave me opportunity to develop. You're going to love this. Listen to this, the mind of a conqueror. Don't nurse it. Don't, no, 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 stop, start over. Don't rehearse it. Don't nurse it. Don't curse it. Ask God to reverse it. We're going to talk about it just a little bit. Don't rehearse it. Don't nurse it. Don't curse it. Ask God to reverse it. So whenever that awful comes to you and starts poisoning your mind, let's engage in these components, this battle plan. Remember, we're warrior princesses. We have a battle plan. We are engaged in the battle for our minds. 
don't rehearse it. For me, here's what happens. My thinking becomes processing. My processing becomes mulching. And my mulching takes me to being stuck in the miry clay. So that's why we work to not rehearse it. Okay? Then don't nurse it. Don't give emotional fuel to that negative thought. Do what you can to counter that pull like it's a whirlpool pulling you down. Do what you can. I lifted my eyes to heaven and my sanity was restored. A pagan king said that in Daniel 4. If it worked for a pagan king, Lord, may it work for me. So don't nurse it. Don't give it emotional fuel. And then don't curse it. Remember, Jesus is so sweet. And pain is an incredible teacher. So don't curse it. Don't give opportunity to harbor resentment for that difficult thing that you're dealing with in your heart and your mind. Remember, he is with you walking through it. So don't curse it. Then ask God to redeem it. Ask God to reverse it. Ask God to reverse it because he and he alone can redeem it. We've talked about that some already. And how he in his sovereignty can continue to give back the years the locusts have eaten. How he in his sovereignty can continue, Romans 8.28. For he causes all things to work together for good to those of us who love him and are called according to his purpose. I don't know how he does it or will do it, but he says he will. So we ask him to reverse it. And then we experience, I'm just going to give you another list of verses. Isaiah 26, 3 in the King James, perfect peace. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, peace that passes understanding. We may have to give up the understanding in order to embrace the peace. Because I like to understand. But that is not going to always be our luxury. But our, his peace can be. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Romans 8, 6. And dear ones, we do not fight alone. Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And I want you to listen to me as we say this. Three things. I am a warrior princess. I serve the king of kings. My mind belongs to him. I'm going to say it once more, and then I would like to ask that we all say it together. Just a moment. I am a warrior princess. I serve the king of kings. My mind belongs to him. Okay, once more. I am a warrior princess. 
I serve the King of Kings. My mind belongs to him. Love the Lord your God with all your strength. Ladies, we're rounding third, heading for home. And I think it's most amazing that Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Before he says, and with all your strength. As missionaries, as like-minded women, we know that we are so often loving him with our strength. We jump to that fourth explanation before we start with loving him with all our heart and soul and mind. Please never forget the order of Jesus' instructions here. Because the first three really are our internal development of loving God, I believe. And then that fourth is the external ramification of what has taken place in the internal. The internal provides the overflow of our walk of intimacy with him to then March right into the assignment that he has given us, which we're calling, aren't we, the Great Commission. And I think this verse is a beautiful combination, coalescing of the two. I believe we get the greatest commandment and the Great Commission coming right together, meeting here in this verse. There is no competition. They work beautifully together when we do it his way. Love the Lord your God with all your strength. Remember, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 Love the Lord your God with all your strength. Remember the power of God. 2 Peter 1.3 His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Remember Gideon in Judges 6.14 The Lord said to him, Go in the strength you have. Remember to wait on the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. Remember the verse of superlatives. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, New King James Version. God is able to make all grace abound to you that you, having all sufficiency in all things, will abound in every good work. Remember 
the value of weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And if dependence is the goal, then weakness is the advantage. If dependence is the goal, then weakness is the advantage. I thank my pastor Ronnie for that. And remember, Jeremiah 31.3 and Deuteronomy 33.27. Remember, you are loved with an everlasting love. And underneath are the everlasting arms. 3327. King James for that one. Um, and remember Psalm 84, 5 to 9. Blessed are those whose strength is blessed are those whose strength in is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. They go from strength to strength. And remember, it has been my sacred privilege to stand here and talk about Jesus with you. Remember, there is a great cloud of witnessing, watching you, cheering you on. And I'm cheering you on too. Remember to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And remember... When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus and sing and shout the victory. And remember, there will be people from every nation and tribe and tongue and language. There will be men and women and boys and girls that are there because of you. You are women of whom the world is not worthy. Walk with Jesus and in his name, love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And until we meet at his feet, may I pray a blessing for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.